Culture and Psychology with Tabana. A very warm hello to our Radio Bomb.Dot listeners. Happy Sunday. I'm sitting with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alex Andrade on a Sunday, beautiful morning. And we are having this show and we are going to talk about what it means to be a good neighbor. Um, one of the things that I always remember from United States was that how important it is to be a good neighbor. When we were here in the United States, one of the beautiful things that I faced with was how neighbor are great to each other. They say hello to each other and how you take care of your house outside just because not only you care about you and your house, but because you want to beautify the neighborhood. So neighborhood and neighbors were really important at the time I came to U.S. and all my experiences was how wonderful people are to each other, how great neighbors are to each other. And in general, even back in Iran, neighbors meant so much. And and there's so many saying about neighbors that you need to be good to your neighbors because with all the families and close friends that you have, neighbors are more important because they're closest to you. And at the time of need and at the time of emergency, they're the ones that they can help first. And it is completely true when you think about it. But I'm sure there are experiences with different types of neighbors. And I actually, for the very first time, I faced with someone who just recently bought the house next door neighbor. And we started having some issues that it was surprising. And I just wanted to talk about that as we continue our conversation. But then on the other hand, something came up and a couple of other great neighbors, they were such a help and support and grace, graciousness, they showed grace. And um, it just brought this to uh, my mind that um, such an important thing to, to be a good neighbor. So today we wanna talk about what it means to be a good neighbor. Yeah, I like this, I, this topic. I think it's an important one. Um... And, and the first question that comes to mind, you know, for the two of you, and I'll answer it as well, is like, what are the things that you try to do to be a good neighbor? I know for myself, one of the things that I try to do is I try to say hello, just hi, how you doing? Good to see you. Um, as well as even being conscientious. And so what I'll try to do is not, uh, I live at a, like in an apartment. So, uh, you know, I try not to be too loud. Uh, you know, if I get somebody's, you know, mail, if I get the wrong mail, I don't just throw it away, you know, I'll put it like in a, you know, common space where they can kind of, you know, grab their mail, uh, bring in packages for the other neighbors as well. Um, you know, others have done that for me. So it's the idea of like, those are some little things that I can do to be kind to my neighbors, not just within my complex, but even, uh, you know, uh, people over a couple, couple houses over, you know, I'll say hello and good morning and things like that. Uh, I think it's always nice to be able to have that sense of familiarity. Uh, so that way, if something is outside the norm, you know, your neighbors can kind of, you know, uh, support you, kind of keep a lookout for you. It reminds me of these, there's even, you know, the importance of being a good neighbor, like even the, I think State Farm it is that has their their slogan, you know, like a good neighbor, you know, State Farm is there. So this idea that 
a good neighbor is there for you. A good neighbor, you know, is present in that way. So what about the two of you? What do you try to do to be a good neighbor? And I realize, Daniel, this might be a tough question for you. So I, I want Saide to answer it first uh, versus uh, I'll give you some time to think about it. So uh, yeah, Saide, what, what does that mean for you? Well, no, exactly what you said. Um, it's it's really important to be conscientious of, you know, when you have parties, when you have music really loud, you have to always be conscientious of your neighbor. And also, um, as part of our culture, we always like to share food or, you know, something that we feel, you know, we like, we want to share. So um, in the past, we have moved um, a couple of times. And um, I remember the first time we moved to a house from a townhouse because in townhouse usually you, I mean I remember I wasn't seeing neighbors um, so often you know everybody was young they were leaving early in the morning going to work maybe saying hello and goodbye but when we moved to a, our first house it was a cul-de-sac and there were only um, five of us um, or six of us in the cul-de-sac and um, the neighbors, uh, I just wanted to get to know them. So we invited everybody to our house and we cooked Persian food. We introduced, um, you know, our food. Um, they asked questions about us. And uh, it was such a wonderful, um, you know, introduction to um, especially people close to us. And gradually we got to know the next cul-de-sac to us and started visit visiting each other and it was the most wonderful group of people at the time and we felt we were watching our kids for each other we were our kids became friends and it was such a great example of good neighborhood in United States that the kids were together all the time and then when my kids grew up and we moved to another house Again, same thing. Um, I was leaving to work early. We didn't see each other much until recently that, um, you know, we started seeing our neighbors more. So as you said, being a good neighbor is not just what you expect, is what you do also to your neighbor. Dr. Rockers. Alex, what? I'm not sure. Why did you say? Do you not know how to answer the question? I, well, no. All right. I have a question first. Why did you think I might have a hard time with this question? Oh, I'm just jabbing you and just I'm jabbing not sure. you. What does it mean? Um, yeah, along those lines, I try to scan the, the uh, laws and regulations and then find whatever I can do that's legal that still might irritate my neighbors, like keeping roosters or <laughs> farm animals. That's, that's why I said that. Exactly. Yeah. You're just proving my point there, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just uh, on a realistic note, I myself, I grew up on a farm out in the country. I do not think that in town with close neighbors is a good place to keep roosters and chickens. I cannot subscribe to that policy. And if, So you're going to get rid of the rooster you have now. Is that what you're saying? I, or? I guess I'm, I've outed myself on the air, so now I'm going to have to get rid of those darn roosters. <laughs> <laughs> ah, they're a pain anyway. Now, I think those are, I think it's important to pay attention to those things. The part I would make, I think it's important to be a good neighbor for oneself in the sense of social support. 
I talk to my clients a lot about this. Social support is not just, do I have these friends that call me every day or that I keep in touch with? Social support is any social contact that we have even intermittently. Like when I moved my office from like a midtown area to downtown area where there were in, in a bigger high rise building, I made sure to connect with all of the people in the whole building it all like even service personnel, you know, front desk staff and people who helped keep the place clean for the primary reason that they are social support as well. When we go into a building like that and somebody greets us with our name, that's social support. If I walk into the bank and somebody calls me by my name, that's social support. It may take, what, two seconds, five seconds I may get from it. But there is a boost from that. That happens. That's social support. And that's an important part of our everyday life. And if we have that every day, that accumulates. And if we don't have that every day, unfortunately, that part can accumulate too. So it's a good part of our own self-preservation. And if we think in a reciprocal nature, then we can do the same thing for our neighbors, right? We can make, help make their life pleasant. It's always a nice thing, I think, to when we talk to somebody, say, hey, um, how can I make your day a better day? And mm. you guys have probably heard me say that sometimes when I talk with people. It's a fun thing to say. Most people don't hear it. And most people don't get that kind of consideration. Sometimes even hearing something like that brightens people's day. So what those are the sorts of things yeah. I try to do. Not, say I, don't, I don't really keep roosters <laughs> in my backyard. At least not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Dan, let's say... Uh, you ask, what can I do to make your day better? And then all of a sudden, I guess, can you come and wash my dishes? And then what would you say? <laughs> don't don't ask I do that question. Nice. Out of blue, that came to my mind because I have a lot of dishes to wash right now. But no, seriously, I, I'm just thinking, this was just a joke. But if someone really needs you, would you really roll up your sleeves and, and help? Oh, good yeah, for if, you. Yeah, if I had the time, I could do that. If somebody said, hey, can you come wash my dishes? I would probably, really, really realistically, I would say, yeah, you know what? If you really do need help with that, I think I can come over later today. What oh, time? This time? Something like so that. Wonderful. I mean, why not? So if it was, yeah, if it was the yeah. need, if, if there was a, a people, if somebody was in distress or, yeah. yeah. And then, wow, yeah, that's too. great. I thought you were going to say. You should have said no, Daniel. She's, she's going well, to keep that one no. ready. I have said no. And somebody says, well, can you help me pay my mortgage? <laughs> yeah what about that <laughs> yeah, no, no, I, don't, not very, I said i wish i could help you but sorry i can't so they say you I'm ask me how can i make your day better this is what i need and you yeah, say I no i say you know i didn't say i was gonna do it i just wanted to know what was impossible he's just curious yeah yeah, yeah exactly it's just a conversation piece it's not real yeah yeah, yeah. no i wanted oh, to go back oh, okay I wanted to go back to what Daniel said too. Uh, it reminded me of Brenner's. It's called Brenner's ecological model where it talks about the individual and then like the nuclear family and then like neighbors and then the community and then the society as a whole. So this idea that we, we interact within this system every day and in these small ways. And I like what you said, Daniel, because that's the thing I always like to think about. Like 
what do I bring to that, that larger system? So even within our neighbors saying hello, like you said, even going to the bank, even if we're only there, you know, once or twice a month, it's like saying hello. I think those things stand out and resonate with people and really can impact, you know, a, a person in ways that we can't always see. I find it's, I always like to think, you know, if I said hello and said good morning to somebody, maybe that made their day a little bit better, you know, in just a small way. And maybe they'll say, hi to the next person, or they'll feel a little bit better about either what they're going through or what they're experiencing without us having to even know what the person is experiencing. Um, but just saying that I want to, I want to walk through the world in that way where I'm making things feel a little bit more connected, uh, people feeling, you know, seen, heard and valued in those ways. Yeah. Are they, I mean, I feel like the society has changed in many ways. You don't see that much. I mean, I'm not going to just generalize, but I feel like from my own experience, from the time I was here all the way to now, uh, I don't see as much willingness for connection as I used to see. I don't know whether it's because of COVID. I don't know whether it's because of all these negative things that has happened uh, in the society. Because think about it, all of a sudden we faced with riot years ago in Los Angeles, which was a shock. Then all of a sudden we faced with all this shooting happening all around the different states. We faced with, um, you know, all these um, very um, unexpected diseases that all of a sudden people started, you know, thinking about you know, trying not to get close to each other. And then this last thing, COVID, I feel like things that have happened through all these last, let's say, um, 15 years or 10 years has changed people's perspective from being open to each other. If you go and you want to talk to strangers, you're now more hesitant and you don't want to spend any of your time talking to someone you don't know. But before, you, when you're walking your dog, you stop and you talk to strangers in the street. But with all these happenings and the news and, and everything people tell you, you just start to, to get away from strangers and talking to people that you don't know because you don't want to give up any information if someone is living in another street you don't want to say where you live or you know but before you were freely talking about different things at least this is my sense um, since I've experienced uh, you know different neighborhoods or talking to different people. I think it's important to start small in a way where you're building those connections and those relationships. So it goes back to even what Daniel was saying, you know, through those small interactions, uh, you know, I think it's those, uh, my cousin says it great, you know, he thinks of them as ships where first it's an acquaintanceship and then it can grow to a friendship and then it can really grow to a meaningful relationship. You can't just start off at a friendship where you're telling somebody your personal information start at those lower levels and build, you know, you say hello to a person, they say hello back, they say, how have things been? You know, good day, you know, and then they maybe share a little bit next time you share a little bit. And so it grows in that way. So I think it's, it's, it's something that we have to allow to grow and flourish within itself versus, you know, just jumping to that. And, and for those reasons you said, I think people can be a little hesitant, but if we do that in small reciprocal ways, 
then potentially can grow into a little bit more. Uh, we got to our first break. We will come back and continue our conversation about what it means to be a good neighbor. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من سعیده ملک افزالی هستم به همراه دوتن از همکاران و دوستانم دکتر راکرز و دکتر اندراری امروز در خدمتون هستیم و اگر که صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی میشنوین ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت دوازت و یک بعد از ظهر در رادیو بامداد تحت عنوان Culture and Psychology فرهنگ و روانشناسی با شما صحبت میکنیم امروز صحبتمون در مورد این بود که چه مفهومی داره نیبر یعنی همسایه خوب بودن و صحبت کردیم راجع به این که همسایه خوب شروع میکنه با فقط یک سلام علیک بعد کم کم میدونی اگه کاری از دستش بر بیاد برای همسایش میکنه و ما همیشه راجب اهمیت همسایه خوب بودن در فرهنگ های مختلف صحبت داشتیم برای اینکه میدونیم اولین کسی که ممکنه به دادمون برسه غیر از فامیل همسایه هستش بنابراین این رابطه خوب رو باید نگه داریم برمیگردیم صحبت همون رو به زبان انگلیسی ادامه میدیم و اگر کسانی هستن فکر میکنین در منزل میتونن از برنامه ما استفاده ببرن ازشون دعوت کنین روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه در رادیو بامداد از ساعت دوازده تا یک صدای ما رو به زبان انگلیسی بشنون ما زمنان پادکست های زیادی تا کنون در حدود شاید 150 تا پادکست به زبان انگلیسی داریم که میتونین از طریق گوگل از طریق آیتون و سپاریفای ما رو سرچ کنین و تحت اناوین مختلف به ما گوش بدین در زمانهای مناسبتون با ما باشید تا چندی بعد که برگردیم و صحبتمون رو ادامه بدیم We're back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrati, and uh, we talked about what it means to be a good neighbor at the beginning of our conversation. And uh, we talked about how we can start with a small conversation. We don't have to give up um, a lot of information, but just uh, greeting is always a great way to start having interaction with your neighbors. And I'm sure we have so many things regarding giving, friendliness, um, you know, quietness that we talked, welcoming, and um, so many other good things to um, have between our neighbors and ourselves. But I want to open up another conversation regarding the neighbors. Have you had any negative 
experiences with your neighbors, whether it was in the past or recently. Um, and if you have, it would be great to share and see how did you handle that? Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. <clears throat> that question, you know, how do you manage a difficult neighbor? I know that's something I've had patients where they uh, come and talk about, you know, some of the challenges with their neighbor. And it's really uh, disappointing and upsetting, I think, because a lot of times we view our house as a secure, safe place where we can rest and feel, you know, you know, just safe in that way. We don't want to feel threatened or uneasy, even within our home, let alone, uh, you know, even within the proximity of our home. And so to have a difficult neighbor, I find it really wears on a person. Um, it can feel as though there's maybe constantly anticipating some challenge or some stressor in that way. So being able to recognize, you know, this, the, the, the challenges, I think one of the big first things that I, I kind of really encourage is, you know, thinking about what that individual must be experiencing, uh, what they must be going through. Sometimes it's easy to look at that person as a jerk or just rude or mean, and then we start to vilify them and just that there's no redeeming them versus it being like, maybe they have some issue or maybe they're, you know, very protective of, you know, their lawn or something like that, or their roosters in some cases, uh, you know, and so we can't understand, you know, if we put ourselves in a position where we cannot understand that person and we are complete opposites of them, there's going to be no way to tolerate any kind of interaction or any situation you find. Um, when you have to encounter them or deal with them. What about um, roosters? What about dogs barking? What oh, about yeah. Barking dogs that get left out all day long. Uh -huh. When I was in graduate school, I lived in a house with two other guys. And my bedroom was on one end of the house. Their bedrooms were on the other end of the house. The end of the house where my bedroom was, was next to the next door neighbor who did not take care of their dog and they left it out and like would go away for the weekend and leave that dog out. Even when it was hot, this was in Dallas dog barked all the time, mm. all night, all day. This has made it almost impossible to sleep. And so I attempted to contact them and leave them a message. Nothing called the city, had to call the city several times and finally got a hearing at the city hall and they came down and we talked it through and got it resolved. And then a week later, we got an eviction notice because it turned out that the person we were renting from also owned that next door house. And it was his, I think his kids. My roommates were so pissed off at me. Mm -hmm. They were so angry with me. And I was trying to do the right thing. I was trying to do it the right way. It was a bad deal. It was What's that saying? No, no, good and no good deed goes unpunished. <laughs> <laughs> it's hard. We don't know how those things are going to turn out sometimes. even in, And that's something. Even if we go about it the right way, it may not turn out in the way that we hope, um, you know, versus, you know, throwing a rock at their window or something like that. You know what I mean? It's just like, it's like, let me do it right. And sometimes, yeah, it still doesn't turn out the way we'd hope. I think the key here is to look back and say, well, what did I learn from that? You mm -hmm. know, what was learned from that? So that as we go forward, we can apply what was learned from that rotten situation, clearly a bad situation, 
but apply it to going forward. If we can do that with most of the things in our life, I think it moves us a lot further. Mm, interesting. Well, you know, I was just thinking each neighborhood has its own personality. You know, um, I remember my previous house, the neighborhood was very friendly. It was all about socializing, getting together, our kids being together. And then some neighborhoods are quiet and secluded. And this neighborhood that we are in is pretty much like that. You usually don't see the neighbors. They're usually either inside or on a vacation trips or, you know, you don't see them much, but they're good people, you know. But then recently we had some construction going on in front of our house Two of the neighbors, they were super nice. Often they came to us and said, don't worry about, you know, because we couldn't take our cars inside the garage and we had to just keep it in the street. They said, if you don't have a place to park, you can use this, you can use that. And then here we are all of a sudden, a new neighbor who actually is constantly complaining about the cars coming taking, you know, soil, bringing um, bricks, doing this and that. He constantly complains that you put these bricks over here and now when I'm parking. And it was just so annoying. And he would park his car instead of in the garage that he used to, park by his house so we don't have room to park there. And it was so obvious that from the time we started having construction, he wasn't parking inside. He was putting his car right on the side of the um, house so that we don't park there. And then across from this neighbor, there was another neighbor who actually told me, it's totally okay to park in front of my house. Don't think this area is mine. It's, it belongs to county and you're totally fine to park here. The whole time during construction, I was actually parking my car in front of that neighbor's house and it was fine. And everything this other neighbor did was new to the neighborhood. It was annoying and it was so um, unprecedented. It was just so unaccepted. But we were dealing with him while you're doing all this extra work. Now, when you are stressed, because of this construction going. And now he was always adding another. He would come to our house, ring the bell and say something about, you know, something that he was complaining. And then during this time, once we had put our dog outside in the um, side yard. And then this dog, obviously, because it's inside dog. And I was upset that he was also, he was barking. It was like, Honestly, a few minutes after we put him um, on the side yard, he texted. He said, your dog is on the side yard and is barking. And, and you know, <laughs> it was every single thing that we did. It was, um, it was just annoying. And then we had um, also some construction going on in the other part of our house. Um, and anyway, to make the story short, we are pretty sure that he actually got involved with the workers down there, had told them that they can't do this, they can't do that. 
they were complaining, the workers, uh, to us that this person is uh, stopping us from doing this and that. Oh, so the story goes on and on with this neighbor. So we were just, our conversation mostly was, how do we deal with this person? How do we, should we really just confront him and tell him that, you know, this is not being a good neighbor. You see what we are going through rather than supporting us. You're constantly complaining or you're just adding to our stress. But all this time we were quiet. And even to this day, we didn't say a word to him. We were just always when he said something, well, okay, we'll take care of it. Okay. We're not going to we were going to ask the workers to do this. I mean, we were just really cooperating so that he's quiet. And um, anyways, now this is my complaint about this person. Well, I was going to say we have a special guest uh, today. He's actually here and he's going to be joining us. And we're going to work through this right here on the air. No, I'm just kidding. Nobody's Live. here. <laughs> Maury Povich type show. Yes, that show. <laughs> the neighbor conflict resolution. I knocked down on... <laughs> Yeah. No, it's so hard. It's it, it's so tough. It's like, why? And I see this sometimes. It's like, why does somebody fixate on making everything about them? And it's like, they, they want to fight everything and make it even more difficult. You know, it's like, if you didn't park there, it wouldn't be an issue. And then they're like, they're, they're like making it their mission for some reason. And I've found over the years, it's like, we can't understand why a person is doing that. It's not even worth it, but just recognizing, you know what, that's, that's what they're taking, you know, they're taking the helm with that for some reason, maybe it, you know, gives them some purpose or some reason or some, you know, something that makes them feel good. And we, we don't have to, you know, rattle our brains and understand why, but we can say, okay, well, how much of that do I have to endure and how much do I have to just tolerate in that way. So in regards to, like you said, some of the ways you've been handling it, there's sometimes the idea of like, kill them with kindness, where you're yeah. just really almost like placating them in a way. Oh yes. Thanks for letting our know dog is going to bark. They're, they'll be out there for a while. I'm keeping an eye on them or, you know, yeah. just something that's not so conflictual in that way. Um, silence sometimes I find can speak for us in ways yeah. that uh, we don't always realize. So by not saying something, that person might think, oh yeah, they're totally on board with everything I'm complaining about. So that's even tricky because then it's like, well, if you say nothing, he might think that you don't know what he's thinking, but he's going to do whatever he's going to do. Um, you know. Not to mention that I forgot to tell you that when they moved, I usually for the neighbors, you just give a small gift, right? So you either cook something or give a cake or chocolate or something. I actually purchased a really nice gift. And I took it to them and welcomed them to the neighborhood. I mean, honestly, you don't even expect someone who was treated that way to behave this way. So I was, uh, I was actually thinking, you know, what did he think? Maybe it was opposite effect on him. You know, maybe he thought, you know, we are really trying, you know, to get him on our side. I don't know what he thought, but I usually don't even give that good of a gift. You know, because there's no need to do that for a neighbor. You cook, you you bake, uh, you just, for example, say, hey, this is Persian food. I want you to try. But I actually purchased a good gift 
and I took it to them and I said, welcome to the neighborhood. The, you know, I just wanted to, you know, give you this gift as a welcoming and, and that, and he was so nice. Uh, his wife was very, very nice and everything for a short time. We were just seeing each other high and smile and everything until we started having this construction that this whole thing happened. So that's my complaint for today. What do you think was the deal? Like, why do you, the, the guy you gave the present, you gave this guy a present when he moved in and then he, and then he turned on you later. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, come, it really, uh, there was, we just, we, the only thing we did was kindness to them. But I, then this construction, I think, gave him amazing stress because a lot of, you know, trucks were coming construction materials were coming and going. I guess, you know, some people can take it. You know what I mean? Like his capacity, uh, because we are next door. So obviously the dirt was there a few days until they would use it. You know what I mean? It's like the bricks are stacked up right in, uh, in the corner of the house. I guess the capacity of people to deal with different things is different and I think it was this was limited yeah I think that's exactly it and we don't know the prior events which built up for him so here's a little continuation of the dog bark story that shortly after uh, shortly after the eviction I think that was the case yeah shortly after the eviction I went to Moscow Russia for the summer and I, to myself, said this, I never said it out loud, but I said, thank God that I am going to the other side of the world so I don't have to listen to that stupid dog barking. So I get into my flat in Moscow, and these are arranged around like a courtyard, you know, it's like a block, and the building runs around the edge of the block, and in the middle is a courtyard. And the first night I'm at my flat in Moscow, guess what? Dog barking in the courtyard all night long. <laughs> no way. So oh, what that, and, yeah, so the reason I bring that up is just to say at that point, from that point on, I was pretty sensitized to people's dogs barking. And if I would even hear a dog barking, you know, at any place I moved, I thought, oh, my God, are, is it, are we, am I going through this again? Is this going to happen again? So maybe something like that happened for that guy. You know, he might have had some torturous experience with people doing construction that he just couldn't yeah. handle it. And yeah. it's not like a, generally, I think when people have that happen, it's not like they think, oh, I should be a real jerk and do this and say this and part the car. It's like it's, erupting from beneath consciousness and it's like they almost can't help it yeah, like true. i said earlier that yeah we don't know what's going on with them or what kind of elicits yeah. that so and 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 daniel you don't have a dog now do you i'm gonna go get some dogs that i'm gonna look up breeds which bark all the time or bark <laughs> at anything that moves like the wind or the leaves <laughs> Like the earth is moving, and so the dog will bark. <laughs> right. For that reason, the dog will bark. The sun is moving. Or the sun doesn't really move. We're moving. The, the moon sun. is moving. The earth is Whatever. moving. You, you yeah. get the picture. I think that that's uh -huh. the point.
Okay, we got to another break and uh, we will come back to continue our conversation. شنوندگان عزیز رادیو بامداد من سعیده ملک افزلی هستم به همراه دو تن از همکارانم دکتر راکرز و دکتر اندرادی امروز در خدمتون هستیم ما روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت دوازده تا یک بعد از ظهر به زبان انگلیسی برنامه های روانشناسی و فرهنگی داریم امروز صحبتمون راجب همسایه و همسایه خوب بودن یا چه کنیم با همسایه هایی که بعض وقتا بهمون آزار میدن و باعث ناراحتیمون میشن ما تا کنون حدود 150 تا پادکست با دکتر راکرز و دکتر اندرادی داشتیم و این پادکست ها رو میتونین در رادیو از طریق رادیو بامداد در سپاریفای و گوگل یا آیتون سرچ کنین و بر اساس تاپیک های مختلف به ما گوش بدین خواهش میکنم اگر کسانی هستن در منزل یا میشناسین که ممکنه از برنامه های ما استفاده کنن ازشون دعوت کنین به رادیو بامداد گوش بدن روزهای شنبه و یک شنبه از ساعت دوازده تا یک بعد از ظهر تحت عنوان Culture and Psychology برمیگردیم و دنباله صحبت هامون رو ادامه میدیم خواهش میکنم با ما باشید We are back with Dr. Daniel Rockers and Dr. Alexandrati, and we continue our conversation about uh, what it means to become a good neighbor. What do we do if we have a neighbor that causes some issues? And also at this part, we would like to talk about um, what is it that we can really do to have very um, decent, not really above or beyond being a decent neighbor, but what it means really to handle our neighbors in neighbors in a good way and maybe don't care to become best friends, but how do we establish our privacy, but also create a good relationship with our neighbors? Because as we know, and as we talked, it is so important to have a good relationship with neighbors, even Um, you know, you don't have to do things for each other, but just know that, you know, like as uh, we shared our problems with the neighbors and right now, actually we do have that, but what do we do? How do we resolve even issues in a nice way? Um, I know that so far we've been constantly talking about these issues and talking about, um, you know, how do we handle this? But um, 
you know, I like to have this conversation with Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade. And I guess it's more like any issues we have with anybody, but because today we are talking about neighbors, um, we have our understanding differently, um, having a neighbor than having a friend or having a, a acquaintance or, you know, it's a different setup, it's a different environment when there's a neighbor. I think a good approach is, and this is a little different twist, but to ask yourself, who do I want to become and who am I becoming? So in my responses to neighbors, that's the kind of thing I like to think about. Actually, two different questions. Who do I want to become? And if this person died tonight, would I feel good about myself if I, however, I, what I said or did today? So I think that's always a good way to look at it. But think about who you want to become because the things you do, the things you say, that's who you become. That's who you are. So if you want to be a kind person, then make sure that you respond in a kind way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, this, this situation will be gone at some point. It'll be gone in the future. It seems like it'll last forever and it's pretty hellish, but the reality is this situation will pass. It will go on by and you can use it to make yourself a better person or you can reinforce bad habits too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I've shared it with you guys uh, in regards to my experience living in Chicago and nobody being quite social and me, you know, catching the same bus, the same train, seeing the same people and nobody saying hello. And I had to ask myself a similar question, like, how do I want to be even in light of experiencing things that I didn't like or that I didn't want? And so that for me was really helpful to focus on, like, how do I want to be? And knowing that I'm the kind of person that says hello, I'm the kind of person that says good morning. Uh, definitely since being back in California, that's been much more received uh, because even geographically, that can be very different too. So I think it is also recognizing the context. Like you said, uh, said earlier, some of those neighborhoods are a little quieter, more private, um, some are more outgoing. So I think that's one of those things that's always important, you know, kind of look at, uh, you know, the environment and ask in this environment, how can I be? and see what's that balance for you. So if it's a more outgoing neighborhood or, or, or network and you're maybe more private, you might have to be on the edge of your socializing, but not necessarily have to kind of change who you are or fold so that you can fit into that. But yeah, you might go to one or two more things than you maybe normally would. Um, otherwise, you're facing the other challenge where it's like, okay, you pull back a lot, and then that, that kind of turns on you in a different way. People are maybe wondering, asking you why you don't come to things more often or, you know, oh, he never comes to things and, you know, even being less neighborly to you. So it's trying to find that balance that exists for you as well as even the environment that you're in. Mm-hmm. Well, we basically know that there's so many research and so many studies that um, tell us a good neighborhood actually you know, helps even the student perform better, the support that they receive. As you said, um, Alex, uh, you know, when we think of um, Brent Fender, ecological, you know, environment that how a child from just the closest relationship goes to the neighbors and then schools and then um, community and all that. And all of that affects a child's um, 
you know, emotions, uh, experiences, um, confidence, and can do even better at school, can even grow up to be more confident. So even a good neighborhood affects all of that. We know that. And it's important that kids feel safe in the neighborhood, adults feel safe in the neighborhood. And then also it's important to take time to establish good terms. Sometimes you do all of this, but you all of a sudden get someone that is so different and you never had any experience as such with someone like that. The, the reason I like to bring this up is basically to know, is it better to confront with people that they don't understand being a good neighbor or they don't get it, what it means to be a good neighbor? Or is it better to ignore and just put up with that person? I mean, this is really a real question I have from you guys. What do you think from your perspective from your experience from your professional um, you know outlook confrontation is a challenge because generally if there's a direct confrontation there's a winner and a loser and if somebody's a loser then both are probably going to end up being losers and i don't i'm not saying that in a pejorative way but if there's a winner then somebody else feels like they lost and if somebody feels like they lost in a neighborhood dispute they're going to hold ill feelings going forward. So I would be very careful about saying confrontation. I think the better route instead of either confrontation or ignoring, the better route is can I establish some sort of dialogue and common ground first and see where it goes from there. Keeping in mind that I may not get everything I want or everything I need, but I think ignoring it is one way and probably is my way and probably is most people's way until they get fed up so much that they can't stand it. And then they're all angry and hostile. And then when it comes out, it's a fiery furnace blast. So I've, I am quite sure I've done that in the past. I'm not proud of it. I don't think it's a good way to do it. That's why I say I think some sort of dialogue is a better way. What do you think, Alex? What's your take? Yeah, I agree. I think it's one of those things where one strategy I find helpful sometimes is when, because this is a great example of, you're probably not going to say something until you have to, or until you push to that point. And you have an idea of what you want to say and how you want to say it sometimes. And it's usually not a positive way. So I was encouraged, like, what's one step down? What's one step down from what I want to say? And so that I can still get my message across as well as maybe a a way that that person can be heard. So if you're like, I'm going to go over there and I'm going to knock on their door and I'm going to tell them this and that, what's a step down from that? All right, well, let me wait. Let me not just go do it right now. Maybe let me, you know, think about it, you know, maybe even jot some things down or, you know, even write a, a brief letter so that it feels as though I can get that message across. Um, And sometimes that's a starting point. We love to think that we say something and something gets resolved tends not to be the reality. It's sometimes kind of a back and forth. And so, you know, am I approaching us in the way that I feel is clearly communicating my concern, um, you know, my frustration, but isn't going to be met just as a confrontation? Because, yeah, if you've gone over there and you're pounding on somebody's door, I mean, that has confrontation written all over it. A problem in our today's culture is we exist today in a culture of 
gotcha mentality and I showed them mentality, the reality TV show mentality, which is drama and confrontation and, you know, bragging to your friends about how I got them or I showed them. But the reality is for living peaceful life, it's not a good program. It's yeah. not good because you're going to become something that you probably don't want. And mm -hmm. when you become that thing you don't want, you're probably going to get more of the same. Mm -hmm. No, absolutely. I, I actually totally agree because in any situation, any relationship, whether far close, the best is to just resolve the issue, whether it's one way from your side just resolve that this is a person that has these issues. So I better just get away and as much as possible, because as you said, Dan, this is going to be over with, this is going to be completed and, and done. So the issue is going to be hopefully resolved. But it just shows that type of person that you started with nice, you know, interaction and, um, you know, welcoming, but then the response was completely different, but also understanding that, as you said, some sort of experiences in the past may have triggered, maybe in the past neighborhood, something happened. And, you know, so understanding other side of it, even though sometimes going way far um, from reality, but still you have to just work it out. But on the other hand, at the last part of our conversation, I also want to brag about another wonderful neighbor we have because as I was walking my dogs a um, couple of times um, during last month um, that created that timing that I met a lot of our neighbors at different times when I was walking my dogs and I saw one of our neighbors whom I hadn't seen for a long long time we started talking and he said Oh, I haven't seen my house. I have remodeled. And if you have a time, come and look at it. I'm doing Airbnb. And he talked about how uh, wonderful it is that he Airbnb his house because he has another house uh, in Santa Rosa. And he actually Airbnb that house when he's here and here when he's there. He just said that. And I just heard that, okay, this is what he's doing. And that passed until we had family members coming to Sacramento from out of the state. And I was just thinking I can only fit maybe six in my house to have a place to sleep and everything, maximum six. And then what do I do with the rest? And all of a sudden I think of him. So I called and I said, I remember in our conversation, you were talking about Airbnb being your house. So I was wondering if it's available. And he goes, well, basically, we were blocked the Thanksgiving time. But I mean, he went out of his way and said, if you really need it, because we really don't have to be here, we can be in our other house in Santa Rosa. So I can just leave it open for you guys and then go to Santa Rosa. And then I said, well, this was amazing offer, right? You know, I mean, he had blocked it for himself. So I said, oh, this is great. So give me the link so I can go. And because I searched after he said that, I searched and I couldn't find his house. So I called him back and I said, I couldn't find your house, but give me the link. He said, you don't need the link. You're a neighbor. As long as you just pay for cleaning, um, you don't have to even go to the link and pay. 
I was amazed or what a generous person as a neighbor. Well, of course I didn't accept. I just insisted I got the link. I, I went and because I thought just the fact he opened his house to us is good enough. And then his offer for no, 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 don't pay, uh, you know, just pay for the cleaning. It was just amazing offer. I just, you know, imagine my emotions from what he did. And then, you know, compared to other person and these guys are next door to that uh, other adjacent house to us. So it's, you know, there's one other house between us. And uh, anyways, it turned out that we got the house, our people from out of state came, stayed. And anyways, I mean, talking about good neighbor, I just felt like what a difference. Someone like him, you know, offers this, goes out of his way, didn't want even me to pay him. And I just thought, that's amazing. It's such a hard, you know, felt that, um, you know, there are good people around. There are good neighbors around, you know. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. There are good people out there that can be good neighbors. And again, it goes back to, you know, how you want to be as a neighbor. So stopping and talking and being able to conversate led to that. So. Yeah. All right. Such a good conversation. And uh, we are ending our program. Um, so we're going to, uh, did you want to say anything, Alex? Yeah, we should probably end with uh, our, I, I mean, is there anything that we can say to, I mean, I, I would want to leave listeners with the message of, you know, again, that idea of, you know, how do I want to be just thinking of how they can be to their neighbors, um, you know, kind of leading with kindness in that way. Mm-hmm. I would echo that sentiment. Think about what if they did pass away during the night? Would you feel good about how you acted? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, with what I saw from my neighbor, I felt that we need to um, paying forward. You know, my message was, you know, how he made us feel with his behavior, with his action, with his words, with her, his kindness. It just made me feel that, okay, if you see someone opposite, don't feel bad because there are always good people around and just always look at those that are good and paid forward. With that, I want to thank my friends and my colleagues, Dr. Rockers and Dr. Andrade, and also invite everybody to please uh, listen to our conversations on Saturdays and Sundays uh, from 12 to 1 o'clock on Saturdays and Sundays and listen to our podcast if you're interested with different topics. And if you don't have time on Saturdays and Sundays that our program is aired, you can always in your spare time, go search us on iTunes, iPad, I mean, iTunes, Google, and uh, Spotify, and find us under different topics. And uh, have a wonderful Sunday. Have a great week ahead. We're going to come back next week and continue our conversation on a psychology topic or a cultural topic. Mm-hmm.
با غم به مزار به خواب دل دیوانه تو باز آمدم از سر کوی او دل دیوانه پنهان کردم در خاکستر غم آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه با من ای دل چه ها کردی تو مرا با عشق او آشنا کردی پس از این زاری مکن حوث یاری مکن تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم به خوابارا دل دیوانه با تو رفتم بی تو باز آمدم از سر کوی او دل دیوانه پنهان کردم در خاکستر غم آن همه آرزو دل دیوانه بگویم با من ای دل چه ها کردی تو مرا با عشق او آشنا کردی پس از این زاری مکن حوث یاری مکن تو ای ناکام دل دیوانه با غم دیرینم به مزار سینم بخوابارم دل دیوانه بخوابارم دل دیوانه رادیو بامداد صدای ما و شما با زبانی آشنا